Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning. Good to see you all here today. Did you notice on that thing when it flips through on the different uh, topics for this series that it says fight for your dog and fight for your cashier? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure who's going to do those sermons, but, uh, but it's not me. <clears throat> I don't have a dog. And, uh, but anyway, uh, when we put this series together, Ryland asked me if I would do a sermon <clears throat> that I'd actually done uh, 13 years ago. Back in March of 2006, I did a sermon called Finishing Well with Your Parents. And, um, and that one has actually been one of the sermons I've done over the years where I've had people come back kind of year after year and tell me that, that really spoke to me. And uh, so we're going to do that one again today. And uh, I'm excited about that. But uh, as we start, we also have a testimony. I've asked Kathy Putnam if she would come and uh, share her story of caring for her uh, parents and uh, sisters, and and uh, so give a warm Rockbook welcome to uh, to Kathy Putnam. Good morning. My name's Kathy Putnam, and I was nearly born at church. My mother's water broke on the church lawn at a Sunday night ice cream social. I was the youngest of four children, and our family could be found at church every time the doors were open. My parents and grandparents gave me a strong Christian foundation. Dad served as an elder. Mom sang in the choir, led the kids' choir when I was little, and directed a bell choir for older women for nearly 50 years. I started singing in that kids' choir when I was only three. I trusted Christ as my Savior and was baptized at the age of seven. When I was a young teen, our church welcomed a new pastor who led us into a season of renewal and revival. So during my teen years, I experienced significant spiritual growth. In 1976, a handsome guy named Dan Putnam visited our church. He had moved to Independence, was looking for a church, and sensed God moving in the people there. He and I became engaged that Christmas and married the following July. We'll celebrate our 42nd anniversary this summer. We have two wonderful sons who have blessed us with six precious grandchildren. In November of 2008, Danny and I moved to Belton and started looking for a local church. After trialing, trying nearly every church that we saw, we finally found Rockbrook. Our first Sunday here, Ryland was preaching, and we were impressed by what a great job he did as such a young man. That was 10 years ago. Our first impression of Rockbrook was very positive. The people were so friendly, and the greeter even remembered our names the next, the next week. We were invited to join a small group, and we got plugged in right away. Danny and I are both sold on small groups. He now leads a men's group, I host a women's group, and also serve as a small group coach and on the small group admin team. Back in 2001, my dad was hospitalized with a massive stroke while wintering in Texas. So mom flew all four of us kids down there to be with her and dad. After the decision was made to remove his life support, we decided that we would take shifts staying at the hospital with him. 
My oldest sister Marcy and I stayed that first night, and I had the honor of being by his side when he passed away the next morning. Mom gradually needed more and more help as she aged, and I was the one that she relied on. As our mother-daughter roles began to reverse, I tried to always give her my time and continue to honor her as the Bible instructs us to do. A big part of that was letting her remain in control of as many details of her life as possible. She eventually chose to move into an assisted living apartment after her doctor told her that she should no longer live alone. Her health began to fail as she struggled with heart and kidney issues. Things got so bad that she was hospitalized four times in eight weeks. When the doctors could no longer manage her condition with medications, she came to live with Danny and me and began hospice care. Mom spent three months in our home. She got to celebrate her last Christmas with us. Her kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids were all able to spend time with her. My sister Mary came from Sacramento to be with Mom and to help out. I hardly left the house during those three months because Mom insisted that I do all of her caretaking. It was hard. I remember feeling guilty as I asked the hospice people, how long am I going to have to do this? How long might this last? But they assured me that these feelings were normal. Looking back, God was faithful to get us through it one day at a time. Now, my mom had hundreds of pairs of earrings, and she didn't feel dressed without a pair on. It was a big deal to her to pick out the earrings that she would wear that day, even while she was at my house, even though she was going nowhere and would see no one. I think for her it was one of the last things that she could still control, a choice she could still make, one small thing that brought a sense of normalcy to her life and routine. So every day, I helped her pick out her earrings. During these trying months, my small group provided prayer and support for us. Every week for three months, one of them brought us a meal. They were a living example of God's love, and it meant a lot to me that my sister got to witness that. Mom seemed to be doing just fine for most of that time but she declined rapidly the last few days of her life. She passed away four years ago today. Two years later, I found myself making those familiar trips to hospitals once again, as my oldest sister, legally blind, dealt with some major health issues as a result of 50 years of diabetes. Worn out from all her struggles, Marcy requested to go home with me on hospice care like mom had. After only six days, she passed away as I sat by her bed and held her hand. Recently, my other sister Mary was diagnosed with a cancerous tumor on her kidney. She asked me to fly to Arizona last month to be with her during her surgery and take care of her while recovering. Thankfully, that surgery was successful and she's doing very well. And she has drawn closer to God through it all. The deaths and illnesses of my parents and sisters have been difficult seasons, but I've felt so privileged to be able to take care of them. It was an honor to hold their hands on this side of life, knowing that Jesus was reaching out his hand to them on the other. And I'm so thankful for their faith in Christ, which offers the hope of eternal salvation, eternal life in heaven, where there will be no more sickness, death, or dying. 
and no more tears. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. All of us have parents, but the situation with our parents can be different. Uh, some of our parents live in another part of the country. Some of our parents live right here. Uh, some of us, both of our parents are still living. Others, uh, one or even both parents have already passed on. Uh, some of us are caring for our aging parents right now. Some of us think our parents are gonna take care of us forever. But regardless of what the situation is, I, I genuinely believe that we all long to finish well with our parents. Uh, Exodus 20, 12, one of the Ten Commandments says, honor your father and mother. And uh, that word honor means to treat them with respect, to recognize their importance, to recognize their value, their worth. Uh, doesn't mean you always agree with them. Doesn't mean they've never hurt you. Uh, but you recognize their importance in your life. <clears throat> the Bible gets even more specific in 1 Timothy 5.8. It says, If anyone does not provide for his own relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And what's that mean, that they're worse than an unbeliever? Well, it means that if you claim to be a believer in Jesus Christ, but you don't care for your family then your words and your life don't match up. And there's a hypocrisy to that that's extremely offensive. Now, there's no greater model in caring for an aging parent than Jesus. In John 19, 26, Jesus is dying on the cross. It says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, that's John who's writing this gospel, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. So Jesus Christ is hanging on the cross, dying. He's engaged in the greatest emotional, physical, spiritual struggle of all time. And in the midst of that, he makes sure that he cares for his aging mother. I mean, if you don't think this is an important issue, for me, that settles it right there. Caring for your parents is the right thing to do. It's the Christ-like thing to do. And then the question becomes, well, how? How do we face this big challenge in our lives? I mean, wouldn't you love it if somebody would just show you a few simple decisions that would really make a difference? Not make the situation perfect, but really make a difference. That's what I want to do for you today. I'm going to show you some simple decisions from God's Word but if you'll do it, you can honor your parents. You can fight for your parents. You can finish well with your parents. So on your notes, first decision. Make the decision to meet their needs. Meet their needs. Jesus talked about meeting others' needs in the golden rule. He said, do for others what you would like them to do for you. So figure out what you would like your kids to do for you as you get older, and that's what you do for your parents as they get older. I mean, do you want your kids to treat you like you're old before you're old? And some of you might say, well, they already do. Okay. Well, do you like it? No. Well, your parents don't like it when you treat them like they're old before they're old. They don't want you to assume control of their lives while they can still live on their own. 
they surveyed people who were 80 years old and older and asked them, what age do you feel like now that you're over 80? 36% of them said middle-aged. Middle-aged. How many people you know live to be 160? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, many of those people who are over 80 said they felt middle-aged. Uh, the truth is, we're all going to wake up one day, look in the mirror, and say, how did I get in that old person's body? You know, we, the truth is, none of us ever really feel old. Personally, I'm still waiting to feel like a grown-up. Okay? <laughs> so even though your parents are getting older, you want to try to wait as long as possible to begin to treat them like they're old. Meet their needs, real needs, but don't treat them like they're old. And there'll come a day when your parents need you more and more. There'll come a day when suddenly the child becomes the parent and the parent becomes the child. And the Bible says when that day comes, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Look at 1 Timothy 5.3. It says the church should care for any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God very much. You know, when you, when you are caring for an aging parent, you may think nobody notices. You may think they don't notice, your family doesn't notice, but the reality is God notices. God notices, and it pleases him very much. I'll give you two words on this point, and they are start now. Start now. Start to prepare now to meet their needs. Uh, honor your parents now by visiting them, taking trips with them, riding them, calling them, inviting them over, doing odd jobs for them, helping them work through issues. Whatever those things are, start now. Don't put it off. Just don't treat them as if they're old while you do it. Treat them with respect. Treat them with honor. Recognize their importance. You'll be glad you did. Number two, make the decision to accept change or accept reality because the reality is things are going to change. Jesus was talking with one of his disciples about the changes that would happen as that disciple grew older. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. What an encouraging verse. <laughs> you know, we don't know what's going to happen uh, to us at the end of our lives. And frankly, it can be different for every person. But Jesus tells us that as we get older, things are going to change. And one of the changes that can happen is we lose control of our lives. Now, whenever your parents or you or anybody feel like they're losing control... The, the emotion that goes with that is fear. It's a very scary thing to lose control of your life. And the only way to counter that fear is to recognize that God is in control, even when I'm not. God is in control, especially when I'm not. If you're going to accept this new reality, there are a couple of things that we need to release. I need to release my dreams and I need to release my guilt. You know, we can have dreams about how we think things are going to end with our parents. And I think it's good to have dreams. I think we should have dreams. 
But those dreams rarely match reality. And so I must say, God, this is my dream of how it will work out. But however it works out, Lord, I trust you to be there. Studies have shown that half of us will never need to be in a nursing home. Isn't that good news? Half of us will never need to be. The same study says that half of us will need to be in a nursing home. And that may not be how we want it to turn out, but that's the reality of it. And so we've got to release those dreams to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Always be joyful, pray continually, and give thanks whatever happens. This is what God wants for you in Christ Jesus. Always be joyful, pray continually, give thanks whatever happens. You release your dreams to God. Another thing you need to release is you need to release your guilt. Trying to finish well with your parents can produce some guilt. And even people who gave a superhuman effort in caring for their parents can still feel guilt. If, if only I could have done more. If only I would have done things differently. But it's not your fault that your parents got older. It wasn't their fault. It's not anybody's fault. But guilt will come in and say, if I'd done something different, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> That's not true. It, it, it's, it's not your fault. Aging and even death are just a part of life. And so you've got to recognize, yeah, I may wish things would have worked out differently. I share my disappointment with God, and then I release my guilt. Now, some of us may have some genuine guilt about how you handled your parents' last days. Things that we said, things we wish we would have said, which we wouldn't have said. There may be things you should have done differently. How do you handle that kind of guilt? Well, you release it to God. God is a God who loves to forgive. And God recognizes that, that you and I can make confused and selfish decisions, and he forgives that. And so you bring it to him, you release your guilt, and receive his forgiveness. But if you don't deal with that guilt, people can carry that guilt for years. If you don't deal with it, then it's going to affect your other relationships. And it'll not only ruin your past, it'll ruin your present and ruin your future. And so you've got to release your guilt to God. And you've got to accept the reality of change. One of the, one of the key ways to accept that reality is to keep your sense of humor. There is just something about being able to laugh in the midst of those difficult days. And you, know, you can't smile all the time, but, but there's just something helpful about being able to laugh at something that's humorous. I, I love, this is one of my favorite stories of all time. It says, after his operation, I tried to help my father get his false teeth back in. I struggled for a time, and they finally went in. But I looked at him and said, Pop, you look weird. And I tried different ways of putting his teeth in, but nothing made it better. And finally I realized they weren't his teeth. <laughs> they were someone else's teeth. I looked all over the hospital for the right teeth, but I never found them. To this day, someone else must be wearing Pop's teeth. <laughs> Luckily, he thought it was as funny as I did, and we had a good laugh about it. There's just something about laughing in the tough times of life that helps you to accept uh, the reality. Third decision, I need to make the decision to share the burden. 
And you may be under great stress over this issue. If someone had told you that you were going to take on the load that you're carrying today, you would have said, I can't do it. But because it came on you little by little by little over time, you are now carrying a load that no one meant for you to carry alone. Galatians 6.2 talks about sharing uh, the burden. It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. And you may look at that and think, well, so I'm the one who's supposed to carry everybody else's burdens. But just a little bit later, God says this. He says, for each one should carry his own load. Carry each other's burdens. Each one carry his own load. Which is it? It's both. It's both. None of us should carry all the burdens of life alone. But all of us are supposed to carry some of the burdens of life. And so if you're not carrying any, any burdens other than just your own, then you need to share the load and carry somebody else's burden. And if you're trying to carry all the burden by yourself, then you need to share the load. Let other people carry some of that burden. One expert writes about caring for aging parents. says, if you try to do this without help, you are attempting the impossible. If you're the one doing all the work, you've got to reach out to others for help. And if someone else in your family is caring for the aging parent, then you need to find a way to help. And don't just call and say, can I help? And then they say the obligatory no, and you say okay and hang up. Now, it takes more of a conversation than that. You've got to have an honest talk with your extended family. You've got to find a way to help that makes a significant difference. You've got to figure out how to share the load with each other. Now, don't get hung up on trying to share the load equally. Instead, try to figure out how to share the load effectively. You know, work as a team to find out what you can do to effectively help. And maybe the one who lives closest does the errands and the doctor's appointments. Maybe the one who lives farther away calls the insurance company and does the income taxes. You know, it's not necessarily equal, but it can be effective. And instead of one person trying to do everything or every person trying to do the same things, let each person do what they're good at and share the load. Number four, make the decision to balance my life. If I pick up a really big weight and try to carry it, it requires balance. When we're carrying a heavy weight in life, balance becomes extremely important. And some of you are carrying a big weight in life and you're way out of balance. Because for you, it's all about caring for other people right now. But Jesus talked about balance in Mark 12, 31. He said, love others as well as you would love yourself. So circle the phrase, love others and love yourself. And then draw a line to connect those two. Because that's the balance. That's the balance. And if the way you're giving care is pleasing to God, you'll be physically, emotionally, and spiritually strong. Because God doesn't expect you to ruin your health in caring for other people. God doesn't expect you to do things in a way that makes you feel far from Him and far from other people. So there's no doubt that the balance in life will shift and change. There are times of crisis, times of emergency. 
But it's in those times that, that you don't make the decision to remain unbalanced. It's in those times that you need to strive for balance all the more. You've got to recognize. You know how on, on an airplane they give you all those safety instructions uh, about when, if there's a sudden loss of cabin pressure and the mass drop from the ceiling? And they tell you that if you're traveling with a child or someone who needs your care, that you've got to put your mask on first before you put their mask on. Let me tell you something. That flies in the face of everything that a parent feels in that moment. In that moment, the parent feels like they've got to get that mask on their child. But if you're trying to put the mask on your kid, you'll pass out quickly if they lose cabin pressure. And if you pass out before you get the mask on your kid, guess what happens to both of you? It's not good. And that's why you've got to put your mask on first so you can breathe, so you can help your child. And the same is in, in the situation of caring with your aging parents. You, know, you've, you, you, you put yourself in danger. You put them in danger if you don't balance your life, if you don't pay attention to what's going on in your own heart and life. You know, the only perfect person to ever walk the earth was Jesus Christ. And even he had to take time to get away and rest in order he, so he could come back and minister to people. And so if you're going to make it through the process of caring for your aging parents, you've got to make the commitment, you've got to make the decision that you're going to balance your life. Number five, you make the decision to expect to grow. James 1 says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. You know, when you're under pressure, that's when who you really are comes to the surface. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Now, I just want to tell you, if you're right in the middle of caring for an aging parent, the last thing you want somebody to tell you is, is that you're going to grow through this. Okay? That's like you lose your job and, and see a friend, and the first thing they say is, well, I'm sure you're going to find a better one, and everything's going to work out great. You don't want to hear that when you've just lost your job, okay? And so if you're right in the middle of caring for an aging parent right now, I just want to give you full permission to just ignore this point, okay? Just let me talk to the people who've already been through this. Let me talk to the people who need to be preparing to go through this. But if you're right in the middle of it right now, just, just chill out. You can join us at point six, okay? But the rest of you, you're going to discover that we grow the most through the difficult seasons of life. And you, you may find yourself uh, dealing with issues with your parents and with your family that you've never dealt with for years. And many of you would say, you know, it wasn't easy to talk to my parents as they approached old age. It wasn't easy to dig up some of those things and work through those issues. It's one of the most difficult talks we ever had, but I'm so glad that we settled it because that's how you grow. That's how you grow. Another way you're going to grow is you'll get more patient. Uh, you'll learn patience waiting for doctor visits, dealing with bureaucrats and lawyers and pharmacists. You're going to develop new levels of patience in your life. And over the years, I, I just have seen so many great stories begin with the decision to care for your parents. Great story of a restored relationship with our parents. The great story of a renewed relationship with brothers and sisters. The great story of a deeper relationship with God. The great story of unexpected growth 
in your life. Sixth decision is the decision that all the other decisions are based on. I mean, yeah, you're going to grow, you're going to find balance, share the load, accept change, meet your parents' needs. But if you're going to do those things, you've got to make the decision to trust in God. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you trust in God, he'll give you rest in any situation. And maybe in dealing with an aging parent, maybe you've come up against something that you can't do anything about. You're facing something that is too big for you to handle. I mean, have you hit that wall? And you're the type of person that in the past, when you hit a wall, you just climb right over it. I mean, that's what you've done all your life, is climb over walls. But there are some walls we can't climb over. And old age and death is one of them. And so what do you do when you hit that kind of wall? Well, one option is to run away, find a smaller wall that you can climb over so you'll feel good about yourself. Okay? And the other option is to recognize the reality of the situation and look to God who is bigger than any wall you will face and put your trust in him. That's what those circumstances invite us to do, is to trust in the one who is greater than anything that we're going to face. And so you need to make the decision to trust in him. And you need to make that decision now. You don't wait, because you can depend on that relationship with God today. Do not go through this alone you, you need others to help you. You need your family to help you. You need your church family to help you. But more than anything, you need God to help you. Isaiah 43, here's God's promise. It says, when you pass through deep waters, I will be with you. Your troubles will not overwhelm you. When you pass through fire, you will not be burned. The hard trials that come will not hurt you. Notice that, that, that verse says, when you pass through deep waters, when you go through fiery trials. It doesn't say if, <laughs> it says when. Because none of us are protected from the tough times of life. But God promises that when you go through those tough times, he will be with you, he will strengthen you, he will not fail you. You can put your trust in him. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that in the midst of the changing and difficult seasons of life, we can trust in you. And for those who are in the throes of caring for their aging parents, I pray for an extra measure of grace and strength. And God, for those of us who are aging parents, I pray for an extra measure of grace and strength. Help us as parents and children and grandchildren to be able to navigate the waters of aging to be able to manage the generational shift of roles that surely comes. God, help us to do this in a way that honors our parents and in a way that brings glory and honor to you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.